Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we have got a great guest today, and I think it's going to be really, he's an inspirational person, and uh, uh, we're going to talk today about caring for your grieving soul. I know a lot of you who are watching us and listening to us today have had a recent loss, and we're going to have some great ideas and some great you know, inspirational things about hope for you today. So Heidi, you want to introduce our guest? Sure, Mom. We're going to talk with Mike Napa today. Mike is an award-winning author and editor of Christian Books and Ministry Resources. Mike served in a ministry and co-authored a number of books with his wife, Amy, before losing her to cancer in 2016. He and his wife wrote a book together called Hard Way Home, A Woman's Battle with Cancer and the Lives She Touched. And James Taylor gave a forward to that book. And Mike's latest book is called Reflections for the Grieving Soul. So welcome to our podcast, Mike. Thank you so much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's great to have you on the show today. Talk a little bit about your wife. Uh, she was uh, ill for about 13 months. We were there together through the whole thing. Uh, she took care of me and I took care of her. Yeah. Yeah. 13 months we were, is not very long. It sounds like it was pretty aggressive. It was a surprise for us. Um, yeah. We were, Amy and I were college sweethearts. And so mm. we um, met in, in Biola University in Southern California. And uh, I borrowed, I missed a class one time and I borrowed notes from the girl who was sitting next to me. And when I went to return the notes, uh, her roommate opened the door and that was Amy. And when Amy opened the door, I was like, oh, hello, can I find an excuse to stay here for a little while? And I tried to figure out how to uh, talk to her. And so we uh, we hung out with the same group of friends, but we didn't really hang out together. And then finally, during the summer, uh, I um, got up the nerve to ask her out for a date. Uh, I had $6 in my wallet. It was kind of a spur of the moment thing. And I said, let's go get dessert at Mimi's. And so we went to Mimi's and I looked at the menu and I thought, I can't afford two desserts. So I'm just going to, whatever she orders, I'm going to say, oh, you know, I'm not, I don't really want anything. And then let it go. But she ordered the cheapest thing on the menu and I had enough money just to buy two of those. And so I did. And I stiffed the waitress that night. I still feel guilty about not giving a tip that night. But uh, that was our first date. And after about a week, uh, I was hooked and I knew that I couldn't live my life without this woman. So wow. at 10 days after our first date, I asked her to marry me and wow. we got engaged and we were married three and a half months later. Uh, and I don't recommend it, but it certainly worked for us. We were married for 30 years uh, by the wow. time she passed away. And I always clarify that by saying we're not just we were married for 30 years. We were happily married for 30 years. Uh, she was my best friend and every day was was really a wonderful time with her. So wow, we that's, were, that's a pretty phenomenal story, Mike. When we found out she was ill, I was working on a series of suspense novels, and I had to finish the second suspense novel. We decided that when I finished the second one, uh, we would celebrate by going to Disneyland uh, for, for vacation. And so we had, I turned in uh, the novel about, I think it was August 6th or 5th in uh, 2015, and we were getting ready to go. We were supposed to leave August 13th 
to go to Disneyland. And she had this cough, this kind of persistent cough going on. And, and I, being the loving, tender husband I am, said, uh, honey, you need to go to the doctor and get, a, get an antibiotic because I don't want to see it throwing up all over me uh, on a roller coaster. So uh, <laughs> she went to the doctor the day before we were supposed to leave. And she went in the morning and there was some fluid around her lungs. And they said, well, let's just do a, uh, uh, an ultrasound to see if we can figure out what's going on. And she went to the ultrasound and told the tech, you know, I need to get this antibiotic uh, today because I'm leaving tomorrow for Disneyland. And, and the tech said, oh, don't worry. If it's anything serious, I wouldn't even let you leave the office. And then they laughed and she started the ultrasound. And about five minutes later, she said, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but I can't let you leave the office. And it turned out there had been uh, cancer that began in her uterus and had spread through her abdomen. And that was wow. what was causing the fluid. Uh, inside. And this is the kind of woman that my wife was. She didn't cry when they told her she had cancer. Uh, she cried when I told her we had to cancel our trip to Disneyland because she absolutely yeah. loved Disneyland. After my wife passed away, she passed away on September 11th in 2016. There was about two weeks between um, her death and the funeral. And during that two weeks, I was just, I was surrounded by this great cloud of support and people who loved me and hugged me and encouraged me and just stood next to me for that whole time. And then we had the funeral, uh, and it was beautiful. There were about 400 people at the funeral, and uh, we celebrated Amy's life, and, and we walked out of the building uh, with this love for her. And then the next day, I woke up, and all of those people went back to their own lives, which was right, which was appropriate and good for them, because this their life continued. And I woke up absolutely having no idea what to do. Uh, how to go on with the rest of my life. And I struggled through that for a little while. And then finally, after another week or so, maybe two weeks, I went on Facebook and I said to my friends, look, I'm really struggling. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to send me any scripture that you turn to uh, during a difficult time, anything that encourages you or, or helps you feel better, send it to me because I'm going to take a hundred of those. I'm going to print them out. I'm going to put it on three by five cards. Here are the three by five cards. Wow. Um, and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to read one scripture every day for the next 100 days, just to see if I can. Ooh, get one right now, pull one out. Yeah, I love so, this, right? Read it to us. The one phenomenal. on the top right now is Ephesians 2.14. Uh, Christ himself is our peace. I began reading these cards one a day, and I read it as many times a day as I felt like I needed it. And so 8, 10, 12 times a day, and I kept doing this. And then about six months later, I realized I was still reading the scriptures uh, over and over again, even though my 100 days, my 100-day limit had passed. So I actually kept reading them for every day for about five years. And now I don't read them every day, but I still read them a couple times a week, which is why this was so close to me right now. Uh, I just keep it next to my bed. I also, at that time, I just didn't have anybody to talk to. Uh, uh, nobody was ready to hear how sad I was. But I started just to write down some thoughts and prayers to God about what I was thinking and what I was feeling. Did you ever feel like God deserted you? Or, I mean... Uh, we just hear a lot of people that have had a loss or like, you know, where is God? I mean, it sounds yeah. like you were able to connect. Well, that was the, that was one of the frustrating parts for me was, um, I remember the day after Amy died, I walked through every room in my house. I walked through the bedrooms and every single room, walked in and out of the closets. I even went and stood in the shower. And I, when I was done, I stood in the shower and I said, Lord, here's the deal. I can feel your presence in every space of this home what i don't feel is your comfort and it kind of pisses me off um why why are you not comforting me now when i need you most 
he didn't answer, uh, but he also refused to leave. And I have come to realize that the most important thing I need is not always God's action, but God's presence. Uh, I needed him to be near me. I needed him to be willing to suffer with me. And that's what he did. Uh, and that's what he continues to do. How did it come to you that he was with you? Yeah, I just have, I have always had a sense of his presence near me. And um, that presence continued even after Amy was gone. And so I, um, I could not deny the fact that he was near. Um, and we had some conversations about the fact that I wanted him to act and to do and to work. And, and, and he just was patient to sit next to me. It sounds like one of the things that helps when you've had the death of a spouse or a death is just knowing that you're not grieving alone and believing in a power bigger than yourself. I is think so. True? And we have to remember that um, God is a griever. He understands grief in a more intimate way than we can ever understand grief. Tell me how I, Gloria Horsley, grieve authentically. What does that look like? So the first idea of grieving well is don't shortcut the process. Stop trying to escape that which is normal, which is actually good for you. Um, grieving well means grieving authentically, uh, grieving honestly, uh, without embarrassment, without shame or limits. Uh, and it means taking that grief and instead of holding it all inside yourself, spewing it out and holding it out to God and saying, God, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on. Let's talk about this. Well, uh, well I like him. that, Mike. And you even were okay with talking about your anger. It never really occurred to me to be angry uh, about mm -hmm. God. And so the first time someone asked me about it was near the end before Amy done. They said, why aren't you angry at God? And I was like, I had to stop and think about it because it didn't occur to me uh, to be angry at him. The thing is, when I'm in this deepest point of grief, and even today, when I still have sorrow, um, the only thing that brings me comfort, the only thing that brings me a little bit of peace and solace is the person of Christ, the person, uh, Christ himself, who is my peace, who stands next to me and listens and talks and comforts. And for me, then, the idea that I would push that away, that I would strike out at that, it was just made no sense. Why would I push away the only thing that actually helps me to feel better and to feel uh, a little bit? Well, of peace? well, Mike, what would you say to the person that said, if there was a just God, how could they have let my wife die? Or how could they have let my 17-year-old brother die? Yeah. Uh, in the first place, we have to uh, ask ourselves why anybody dies, right? Uh, when we were married, Amy and I had in our wedding vows the, the vow, until death do us part. And so we knew uh, even then one of us was going to go before the other one. Right. Uh, and so the idea that death is a surprise is is actually a, a fallacy of thinking. Death is awful. I think we all know that. Uh, and losing someone is is a horrible, horrible thing. And yet, death is not one of those things that is an option for anybody. It's not. Uh, it's an inevitability that we will all ex experience death. And so if we love someone, we're going to have to be ready to grieve the death of that something. Uh, that's just going to be the way it is. The idea that death is really not a surprise as a. Yeah. Right. I mean, that is really it's awful. To it me. is awful. It's awful. Yeah. But, but it's, it's not, not a surprise. surprise. When I'm speaking with people about grief, uh, I, I say what I try to say is, look, grief is a lot like a soldier who has gone to war and been injured in war. And that soldier comes home and he or she will return to her life, uh, to her work, to her family, to all the things that a normal part of life, but the soldier is always going to walk with a limp. 
And we would never say to that soldier, hey, stop limping. The war is over. It's been done five, six, ten years ago um, because we know there is a wound that just isn't always going to heal. Grief, in a similar way, and figuratively speaking, has become a wound in the soul. And so uh, I want to give you permission as a griever to go ahead and limp a while. It's, it's okay. Uh, you don't have to get over losing your loved one. You don't have to get over the love that you feel. Uh, my grandmother lost four brothers to war when she was six years old. I asked her about it some 70 years later, and she still broke down in tears telling me about her brothers. I think that's okay. Um, and so this is what I would say is if we're nearing the end is um, it's okay if your soul walks with a limp. Uh, just accept that and continue your life. You can still live a joyful, happy life. Uh, grief and joy can actually live together in the same person. So. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. What great things. Now tell us where people can find you. Books available anywhere books are sold. If you want to get in touch with me, uh, my website is napaland.com, N-A-P-P-A-L-A-N-D.com. If you want to just find out more about me, honestly, just Google my name. Just put Mike Napa in Google and things will pop up. So. All right, Mike Napa, thank you for all your wisdom. And, and it's been delightful having you on the show today. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Mike. And thank you for all the, the work that you're doing to help people find hope after loss. Uh, you too. Thanks very much. And thanks, everybody, for joining us on the show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.